The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with Jimmy King, member of the iconic Fab Five that got to Ann Arbor, Michigan in the fall of 1991, went to back-to-back national championship games in 92 and 93. He was a second-round pick of the Raptors in the NBA, then spent 10 years playing pro ball all over the world. I grew up looking up to the Fab Five just like so many other kids did in the early 90s. But Jimmy, I want to know, how did your head coach, Steve Fisher, react the first time you guys broke the huddle with, let your nuts hang? before it became the go-to rally call for you? <laughs> First of all, thank you, Noah, <laughs> for having me on the show. Of and uh, this is such an awesome question. Um, right off the bat, I love it. We really didn't break the huddle, you know, like before a game with Betcha Nuts hang. It was, it was a progression. Um, in no way or shape or form, with Steve Fisher at the University of Michigan allowing some 17, 18-year-old kids breaking the huddle saying, let your nuts hang. So, <clears throat> so, so um, as we started to, uh, you know, garner some respect with uh, our work ethic and, you know, learning from the upperclassmen, our mantra was, you know, how can we, convey <laughs> that we are, you know, cool and and calm and relaxed because the team who is cool and calm and relaxed in the time of chaos, you know, um, or not chaos, but in a time that's fast-paced and you got to think fast and quickly on your feet, um, wins. So um, how could we, you know, convey that message and, and make it cool at the same time because at that era, you know, obviously, you know, hip hop was a uh, big thing, and uh, at the time, the Ghetto Boys had a song uh, called "Let Your Nuts Hang," and um, so for us, that's you know, that was just our rally call. Uh, we were in practice, and you know, we <laughs> we we had a great day, and we we were in a huddle, and uh, we said, you know, let let your nuts hang, and. And you can imagine in the tunnel, it, it, it reverberated and echoed uh, real loudly. And Coach Fisher was actually walking around the corner and he heard it. And I could hear it to this day. He was he stopped in his track and, and rarely does nice, rosy cheek Steve Fisher cuss. But he turned around and said, what the F? <laughs> Did you say? <laughs> and we all turned around with our mouths open, like, oh, and and and, and see, that's the, the misconception. Like, Fish did not. Fish had total control over everything. So, um, uh, at that point, you know, he he was like, you you know, you you can't say that. You know, you can't. You know, what does it look like? That's not blah blah blah. And then we explained to Fish what it was and what it meant, and there was a compromise. So he did allow us to, um, you know, to say that, um, but we couldn't say it in front of the public, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. 
Where, where do you think that misconception comes from that Steve Fisher didn't have control over you guys? I think be, I think because of the way that we played, I think um, people thought that, you know, they would just comment like we were just rolling the balls out and playing. And, you know, we were very structured. And I, I tell people, matter of fact, I told this, this story last week. Um, we were very structured. And, and, and I think that <clears throat> to the point that we were overly structured, if, if we played, if, we, if, for instance, the way that Michigan plays today with Coach Beeline's system, if the Fab Five played in that system, we'd be 30 and 0 like the UNLV teams. Like we, we would be dominant like that because we were that talented. We we just played to our strengths because we had two dominant big men and Chris and Juwan that, you know, we just went inside out consistently. You know, obviously. But <clears throat> but but if we have played an inverted style, positionless style, um, we we would have been unguardable. Um, we we played that way, uh, but but was still structured um, in a lot of ways. So if we were able to loosen up, we it, it definitely would have been a different different ball game. Do you remember an instance early on when you yourself crossed the line with Steve Fisher, like something you thought? Yeah, sure, I can do this, or I can get away with this, and Steve Fisher came down on you? Um, yes. Um, <clears throat> in practice, something had happened with, uh, with Juwan, and, and he immediately, like I felt in my eyes, like, you know, <clears throat> started, you know, to take his side, which... I felt was, you know, was he didn't see it or care to see it from my angle. He just took his hmm. side. So, so, so I was like, okay, well, you know, everybody has a voice, but if I don't have a voice, then there's no point in me being here. And, and I left and I walked off and he let me, you know, he, he let me leave, but he did an assistant after me but when I did speak to him it was clear that he uh, let me know that that won't be tolerated and um, and I respect him you know for that it, you know I respect him because he, he he was able to sit you down um, and talk to you you know man to man and treat you you know man to man and, 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 and admit um, when he was wrong and, and, and then stand firm when he wanted to do something, you know, when he really uh, thought something was right, you know, that was the way to do it. And, um, uh, and more than anything, <laughs> I would say that he, he and his coaching staff spoiled me because I always thought that I would be as prepared as I was then. <laughs> hmm. Like, I, I took that for granted, you know? I took the preparation because I just assumed that that's how it, 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 it would be. But even, you know, on certain levels and you go to different programs, it's not the same. So I appreciate that for sure because I know the difference between um, good and bad plans for sure. 
Right. I mean, you and you played all over the world. So how are you now in the in the league's coaches program as you try to work your way up and and work in different departments within the league? How are you using what Steve Fisher and that staff taught you now? I use the psychology, the philosophy, um, and just the basic of the players. Because even if you have a system, it may not be the right system for those players. So you have to be able to adapt to the strengths of those players and vice versa. Even if you are uh, a development guy, you still have to be able to put those players into a system that works for them. Um, you know, I hear the narrative that the game has changed, and no, the game hasn't changed at all. It's just the players. The players have changed. Um, the game is the same. They just play it a little differently. When I was thinking about the way the game is played now and, and the way that we even just connected was me looking back at a game on April 17th, 1996, and I looked at the box scores of this game because it, it came to my attention that Sean Bradley had a had a triple-double against the, the Raptors, the team that you were on, and, and Sean Bradley mm-hmm. had 11 points, 12 blocks, 10 rebounds. So I looked mm-hmm. at the box score, and I saw A.C. Earl, Dan O'Sullivan, Alvin Robertson, Tracy Murray, Doug Christie, and you mm-hmm. were the players that, that played over 23 minutes that game. Mm-hmm. Did you guys expect to win? Of course. I, what were the stats? Like, I, I'm interested. What were the stats? Like, what, 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 what were my All right, so stats? You guys, so, so, of course, this is expansion Raptors, and you uh-huh. lost yeah, that I game. Yeah, I remember, one, for sure. Right, you lost, one, you lost 107.95. Oh, no, uh-huh. So you lost 107.95, on. and you guys were, were 20 and 60 at that point. So AC uh-huh. Earl had AC Earl had twenty eight that night. Uh-huh, Alvin, uh-huh. Alvin Robertson had thirteen, thirteen and eight, had seven turnovers. Uh-huh. Tracy Murray uh-huh. had eighteen. Dan O'Sullivan uh-huh. had fifteen. You had nine uh-huh. off the bench. I mean, uh-huh. but PJ Brown lit you up for thirty. Sean Bradley had the triple double. <laughs> Armand Gilliam had the double double at, at ten and eleven. But I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm looking. I'm yeah. looking at those no, six. No, 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 no. You just look, look. You you just read them off, right? You just read them off. Yeah, guys are playing. <laughs> Guys are playing for real. Like you're always competing. Like at that level, I don't care if yeah, if you're competing always. You're always competing on the stage. And um and I do remember uh when I was finally getting some minutes that um yeah, I was like in the top five in the league and in the statistical categories, like per forty-eight minutes, I just needed some minutes. That's all. Why? Why didn't you get minutes? I was behind David Stoudemire, who's rookie of the year, who averaged forty-two minutes a game. He broke like a rookie record or something. And, and believe me, yeah, I love Damon, and 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 everybody you know knows and. So my my practices was my game. So I would come ready, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was it was difficult for Damon in practice. <laughs> so when you play ball now, how long are your shorts? Uh you know what? They're not as long as they used to be. They're not as big and baggy as they used to be. They're a little they're a little shorter and they're a little tighter, 
just because of the style, but they're not like how they wear them that they rolled up and, you know, almost like the late 80s when we wore them, but they're still kind of, you know, like I, on, on a scale that, um, <clears throat> 10, I would say they're, they're, they're eight. All right, still respectable. Jimmy, yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Anytime, Noah. I appreciate it. Fab Five, Jimmy King, Ray Jackson, Jawan Howard, Jalen Rose, and Chris Webber. If you don't know much about that group, spend some time on YouTube. Read the Mike Lupica book, Fab Five. Watch ESPN's 30 for 30. I've been fortunate enough to interview Hall of Famers across multiple sports, but texting and then chatting with Jimmy King brought me back to elementary school, mimicking those guys on the playground, wearing the black socks, I remember regularly going into Champ Sports in the Willow Grove Mall to see if the Michigan shorts were on sale. Never happened. You can follow Jimmy on Twitter at JimmyKing24 and me at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. And let's chat there about the teams and players of your childhood. Maybe the players that stand out weren't the biggest stars, but resonated with you for a certain reason. I want to hear about it. And also, how about a Fab Five rating on iTunes from you? See what I did there? Just click five stars and know how happy it'll make me. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.